0: From the Financial Times in London, I'm Josh Noble and this is FT News. Xiao Jianhua, a billionaire businessman living in Hong Kong, was spirited away by agents of the government in Beijing last Friday. His whereabouts remain a mystery. On the line with me to discuss the case is our correspondent in Beijing, Lucy Hornby. Lucy, so what do we know about Mr. Xiao and and how he built his fortune?
1: Hi, Josh. Xiao Jianhua had a conglomerate known as Tomorrow Holding, it specialised in a number of shell companies with interests that ran the gamut from coal to cooking oil to insurance, uh, chemicals, you name it. But the main distinctive part of Tomorrow Group and of Mr. Shell himself was the ability to have a number of shell companies and to move assets around, often on behalf of other people.
0: Do we have any idea of whether he was politically connected at all?
1: Yes, well, his fingerprints, so to speak, have turned up in deals involving a number of cases with the relatives of standing leaders or recently retired leaders. He's what's known as a white glove, which is the business person who acts on behalf of politically collected individuals who don't want to be seen as directly owning that much
0: wealth. So he's a politically connected billionaire. What was he doing in Hong Kong? Do we have any idea?
1: Well Mr. Xiao has been staying in Hong Kong very openly, but in a sort of quasi exile for several years. He seemed to have been continuing to run businesses in China, but he was also a step away from the Chinese authorities, and that presumably was what he thought would guarantee his own personal safety. For a lot of mainland billionaires, Hong Kong represents the sort of perfect world. You're not exactly accessible for the mainland police but at the same time you're close enough that you can deal with the banks, you can move money, you can deal with any associates coming across the border and funny enough a lot of these people tend to congregate at the Four Seasons in Hong Kong. It's sort of a club if you will of uh, Chinese businessmen who are um, keeping one foot outside of China.
0: And that's where Mr. Xiao was in this instance?
1: Yes that's correct.
0: So he's in Hong Kong, theoretically, under the jurisdiction of the local Hong Kong authorities. But the mainland Chinese authorities have gone in and taken him away. Do we have any idea why they might have done this?
1: Well, there's been leaks saying that it's related to either stock market manipulation or to the arrest two years ago of a person named Ma Jian, who was a counter-espionage agent within the security services we don't know if that's the real reason or if there are behind the scenes maneuverings by various factions. And Mr. Xiao is a pawn in all that.
0: This situation of mainland Chinese law enforcement taking it upon themselves to detain people in Hong Kong. Have we seen anything like this before in recent months or years?
1: Well, that's the thing that is kind of interesting about this case. There was an uproar about a year or so ago when five Hong Kong booksellers, they specialized in kind of salacious titles about the Chinese leadership, were abducted, some from Hong Kong, some from Thailand. And this created quite an uproar because people felt it it particularly violated the agreement in Hong Kong that Hong Kong should do its own policing. People were also very worried about the idea of Chinese authorities coming across the border and essentially kidnapping people. Now this time the security forces seem to have kept in mind that uproar by having Mr. Xiao cross into China himself and by claiming he did so under his own volition. But clearly it's got people in Hong Kong very worried. It makes them feel very vulnerable to the prying hand of the mainland. We also had a case in about 2012 where a Frenchman living in Cambodia suddenly reappeared inside China giving testimony to the Chinese police. So this idea that the arm of the Chinese law can extend outside its borders has alarmed many people, and particularly it alarms the citizens of Hong Kong, who, when Hong Kong was handed back to China, were guaranteed the degree of autonomy and also self-policing for the 50 years to come.
0: So does this case tell us something about the ability of people to treat Hong Kong as a haven away from the authorities in Beijing?
1: Well, I think on the one hand, you would be fooling yourself if you thought that you were immune living in Hong Kong from the long finger of the Beijing authorities, On the other hand, as I say, there seems to have been an effort to maintain the pretense this time that Mr. Xiao crossed into the mainland voluntarily. And I think that is probably a reaction to the absolute uproar of the kidnapping last time of the five booksellers.
0: And more broadly, China's corruption crackdown has often targeted billionaire businessmen, living both within and outside China. Has this case told us anything new about what those operations now involve?
1: Yes, well, I think it's illustrated once again that if you are a billionaire businessman, and particularly one that makes your business moving assets around rather than in a concrete industry or, or a real physical industry, you're ultimately very dependent on the favor of the leadership in Beijing. We had one source who told us that Most Chinese billionaires are like geese. They get fat on political connections and close ties to party leaders. But at some point, the emperor decides he wants to eat foie gras. Um, That's a, uh, a very visceral explanation of their position and how vulnerable it is.
0: So difficult times for the billionaires of Hong Kong. Lucy, thanks for joining us.
1: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com/work. shopify.com/work. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface.